0: good morning everyone and happy birthday when we say happy birthday to the church i'm not talking to a building i am talking to you the church the people so happy birthday at the other masses i kept asking so how old are we and no one would answer except for the cantor, because <laughs> they're afraid and i'm like don't be afraid if you give me the wrong answer i will correct you with love and just point out what the right answer is so that that's how we learn correct so my friends uh, this will be my, I'm starting my eighth year with you as pastor, so that means this will be the eighth time I've spoken on Pentecost, and I've talked about the word to you, Pentecost, what it means, 50. I've drawn out the Jewish roots of it, which it was the fe- Feast of Sukkoth um, for the Jewish people, and that's why we heard that. You heard that the feast was, uh, Pentecost was coming to an ending. This is their feast, what it meant, means to us, and uh, my friends, uh, What I haven't done is spoken to you about the third person of the Holy Trinity. He, not it, he. He, the Holy Spirit. This weekend is props for the Holy Spirit. This is all about what the Holy Spirit has done. And um, so um, with this joyful celebration of the Holy Spirit, his power, and his presence, this feast celebrates the astonishing power of the Holy Spirit that If we recall that very first one that we hear, the Holy Spirit descends on them, and descends not only on them, but on a town, and descends right in the middle of that town. And people are milling about in the street on that day. And uh, there were many travelers uh, from all over with different languages and from different countries. And there were simply just passerbys who happened to be in the town at that time, if you will, the right place at the right time and the power of the Holy Spirit descends upon them and does something, transforms all of them who do not know each other, transforms all of them, making them into a community of believers, of Jesus, of Nazareth, making them church. But the work of the Holy Spirit did not end there because the story of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is a story of a community filled with the Holy Spirit, that has been journeying since then up into this time and for the time to come. The Holy Spirit made its mark on that community in its beginning. As we were told, there had been a sudden noise like a strong and driving wind at Pentecost, followed by tongues of fire resting on each of the apostles. These images represent an effort to describe the overwhelming power of He who is the Holy Spirit. That same Holy Spirit descended upon Mary at the Annunciation and upon Jesus at his baptism. And that same Holy Spirit guided Jesus into the desert where he would battle with Satan. My friends, but going even back further, the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning. We are told in Genesis, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit uh, hovered over the face of the world and created all that is. Holy Spirit's been busy, <laughs> and still is very busy. The Holy Spirit represents the power and the very presence, as we're told in the reading of Jesus, to the community of believers, in the individual lives of each of our members, and in fact, for all of creation. Jesus told Nicodemus uh, that he referred to the Holy Spirit uh, as wind, and he said, No one knows where it comes from or where it goes, and it goes where it wishes. And in other words, Jesus is saying, you know, the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, and neither of us, none of us, can contain it. We can't control it. We can't order it around. The Holy Spirit does what it wants, and I thought, I want to be like that. (laughs) Do what I want, when I want, go where I want, come where I want. No one knows where I'm going, where I'm coming from. I can't do that anymore because the Archbishop has to know where I'm at at all times. (laughs) Even when I go on vacation. The Holy Spirit brings light and knowledge. The Holy Spirit instills inspiration and courage into our hearts. The Holy Spirit is powerful, but it is also a presence that comforts and has great compassion for us. The Holy Spirit brings the gifts of contemplation of rest and peace and harmony and the grace of unity. The Holy Spirit pours out many different gifts on the members of the church, not for their own use, but for the benefit of the church and its members. My friends, many, many, many Christians have called Pentecost the birthday of the church. However, uh, in truth, Pentecost is best understood as Jesus' resurrection taking place symbolically once again through the birthing of a new community known as Christians, a group of believers, and the Holy Spirit breathes life into this group and continues to maintain this group to the glory of the Father. The Holy Spirit does it for the Father. The power of the resurrection shown in the rising of Jesus, the Christ from the dead, is now shown in the new life of a vibrant community of believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is not only an event that happened long, long time ago. This event continues to happen even now, even into our time. Every Christian community and every individual disciple is called to transformation as in the beginning days by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in reality, it is the presence of the Holy Spirit in power that makes the difference between a lukewarm, run-of-the-mill parish and a parish that is vibrant and alive, proclaiming the ways of Jesus Christ. In this, then, the Holy Spirit is a liberating force for us. The disciples uh, in those beginning days were full of fear. In the Gospel of John, one of the readings also assigned for this Pentecost was John 20. And there it tells us they were hiding from the world, Locked behind doors, they were terrified. But that, that fear was turned into courage and joy at the appearance of Jesus. But not only at the appearance of Jesus, but in John 20, we are told Jesus, right then and there, breathed. rock. He breathed upon them the Holy Spirit. And even at the knowledge that Jesus would return to his father, he had told them, I am going to my father now. And even though this was a great sadness for them, in the beginning period of his physical absence, in a way that they knew him, they knew him, they watched him walk on the earth, but that was going to end. The joy in their hearts could not be removed from them. Jesus' promise and assurance to the disciples of the Holy Spirit's coming during his time of physical absence, until they would see him again, I believe is one of the main foundations of Pentecost celebration. Jesus early had told them, "I'm going to my Father. I will leave you, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that from you ever again." John 16:22. My friends, you and I are the disciples today, and we are in another period of the Lord's absence. This time it is the period between his ascension in glory to the Purusha. Purusha means to his second coming. He said, I am going to return. The same way, remember the angels last week said, the same way you saw him leave, he's coming back. This means his coming at the end of time. And right now, the world doesn't want you to talk about him. That's a different type of absence. The absence I'm talking about is in the way he walked on the earth. In this period of time, the Holy Spirit is our advocate. He is our comforter. He is our guide. He is our inspiration in the ways of the Lord. He will help us to teach others and even ourselves more and more about the faith and about Christian hope, and about Christian love. The Holy Spirit is with us, and powerfully so, as we move through this time in our community's life, in our personal lives, and in salvation history. As was the case with the first apostles and disciples, so it is the case now with us. This is the time before the parousia, and it is not to be a time where we may feel like orphans. We are not Our Lord has sent us the Spirit to be with us. It is not a time for you and I to live in fear and in despair. You are to live joyfully. Christ didn't give us a spirit of being a downer. He gave us a spirit of joy and happiness. And despite the unsettling conditions of our world and its societies now, and any personal challenges that are in our lives, and any aspect of the church that is now wounded, under siege by this hostile influence outside of it. We are to remain joyful. We are to remain faithful. We are to remain confident because of the Spirit's presence. The Holy Spirit is our sure advocate, the witness to our minds and to our hearts that Christ is in fact alive. He in fact is the way to the Father, and he is the way in which his disciples are to live their lives and on the way in which we continue despite any hurt or challenge in our own personal lives. The Holy Spirit, he is our advocate, our guide. He is the inspiration as we continue to state the case of Jesus of Nazareth to this world and to present him to people today who look for meaning in their life, who search for hope, who search for happiness and for joy. The people of our time need what the people of that time needed. Disciples who live and breathe the good news to them. My friends, I've always hoped that we have been a beacon of light, that this parish has been a beacon of light and hope and love and forgiveness and mercy and truth to the Gig Harbor community. And if not, then we must make it so. But this will be true of all Christian denominations here. They should all be disciples of Jesus, preaching his good news to them because the world needs it. The Holy Spirit, our Comforter and our Helper, he helps us in coping with the trying moments of our own times and in consoling us in our times of illness and tragedy and loss. The Holy Spirit is our hope, assuring the believer that all things can be renewed in Christ, that all things will be transformed in Christ. The Holy Spirit is our guide, directing our feet in the ways of forgiveness, justice, and mercy, and charity, and love. And what this world needs so much of now, not only out there, but within the borders of the United States, is peace, and for crying out loud, as the president said, unity, and some reasonableness. Hmm? The Holy Spirit is our energizer, pouring out the grace we need for our day-to-day living, and for our particular states in life. The Holy Spirit is ever active, the Holy Spirit is always healing, and the Holy Spirit is always renewing. The Holy Spirit substitutes victorious when there is defeat. We should remember then these sentiments at all times, and especially in the times that are very difficult, and they have been very difficult of late so much violence, so much hatred. But we are to not only see that and try to limit it, but we are to see in this world love, because it is there, and peace. I look on your faces. I look on the children, especially the children, their laughter. Oh, I'm so thankful for their laughter. It reminds me, laugh, Father, laugh. (laughs) The world has laughter in it. It has tears and crying and screams, but it has laughter, and it has joy and it has peace. We should pray for the graces of the Holy Spirit, especially to have trust and confidence in all that the Lord Jesus Christ has said. The more we as church and individuals allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, the less we will be afraid. And all the more will the word and grace of Jesus then be anchors in our lives that shape and transform us into his likeness, which is pleasing to the Father. And it is in then that the presence of the good news... Remember, the, what we do was called the good news. The scriptures was known, the gospel means the good news. And my friends, I also want you to remember, in those beginning days, there was no Bible as we know it. Peter wasn't able to go to 1 Peter and see what he was going to do. <laughs> Paul didn't know what he was going to say to the Romans beforehand because it was already in the Bible, Right? What did they do then? They testified by their very lives. We have the benefit of the Bible. But we cannot escape doing the same thing. We must preach and live the gospel by our lives and let them see just as it was in the beginning days where they saw the people preaching Jesus Christ by the way they lived. It is then that the presence of the good news is not found so much in the pages of the Bible, The people who need it are not reading it. So we have to live it for them so they can see it and experience it. The true disciples of Jesus Christ. As we celebrate this joyful feast of Pentecost today and the powerful action of the Holy Spirit in the early church and his presence now in his church, we know that it is in this same Holy Spirit that can turn the witnesses of your lives and mine into the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which the world needs. They don't want to hear about it. So we just live it for them. And hopefully they'll say, I want whatever he has. I want whatever she has. And then we would say, then you need to come on down to St. Nicholas Catholic Church. (laughs) Right? Well, my friend says, the scriptures tell us there is one Lord, one God, one Savior. There are many denominations. And all the denominations need to stop hating on each other, start working together, start living the lives and the truths of Jesus Christ, showing mercy and forgiveness and justice and His truth, and working together as the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit did on that first Pentecost, pulled them all together. The Holy Spirit will do it again, but my goodness, we have some stubborn Christians. Some stubborn Christians. They're set in their way rather than the way of Jesus. So let us continue to work, especially in this area of Gig Harbor, to bring the good news, joy, and peace to people in the world that need it. That's so the one thing I know they need is love. They need that. So let us preach about God's love to them and his truth to him and them. So my friends, uh, as we opened up, uh, our parish, as the, the Community Gate Harbor is growing, our parish is growing. We have families who left during the pandemic. We have families who have joined. But the parish is continuing to grow. And we're close to 1,600 families. That's almost 5,000 individuals. And as our parish grows, and as we get back to some normalcy after the, uh, the, the endemic, uh, the ministries will return. And we're going to need folks. So I'm going to ask all of you to please pray about taking on ministry in the church. I make the assumption as a pastor and priest that out there, you're doing it. What, Father? That you're living the life of a disciple. You're defending life. And you're talking about love. And you're talking about forgiveness. And you're talking about truth. To everyone you meet, don't tell people, well, it's none of my business. It is your business. (laughs) It is our business. This is what we do Jesus didn't say, go hide yourself in a room and don't talk about me ever. That's what the world wants. That's what Satan wants. You don't beat people up over it. You don't, you're going to send them running. And don't be sad and, and bitter. Oh my gosh, there's nothing worse than a Christian. I don't want to be around them, <laughs> but I have to because I'm a pastor. <laughs> Instead, be filled with joy. So I'm going to ask you to pray about entering into ministry within the walls of the church, this building, and helping me, and uh, maybe joining the choir, helping out with the environment. I'm very easy to work with. <laughs> you don't know I do the arrangements, and, the, and the, I have a team that helps me. But uh, we also need lectors, and we need uh, ambassadors. Ambassadors are some of the first faces people see, so they really need to be happy people because sometimes people come in from the parking lot, there's no room for me. So I need the ambassador to be, that's okay, don't worry about that right now. Come on in, we got room here for you. We'll deal with that later. All right? You can't have mean ambassadors. <laughs> just, you just can't have mean ambassadors. And we need lectors, and we need um, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion to help me. And uh, when the time comes that the archbishop decides the precious blood may be distributed again, we will need people ready to assist I certainly cannot do that by myself. So I ask all of you to continue to pray and to think about this. Uh, On this day, we pray for our Knights of Columbus uh, who are part and parcel of uh, Maritime Week here and the blessing of the fleet. I pray that there'll be no storms because Father does not go on the water in a storm. (laughs) I read the scriptures. You don't do that. Plus, I'm from Michigan. We don't get on the lake when there's lightning, unless you want to be electrocuted, right? Uh, So we pray for some sunny weather, but we pray for our men of the Knights of Columbus and for the ministry they do. Um, My friends, uh, pray for me. I will celebrate in private this year um, my 14th anniversary on Tuesday to the priesthood, and I pray that God will give me maybe 50 more, whatever whatever it is according to his will, whatever is pleasing to him. But I ask for your prayers and the prayers of... um, those who are ordained this year also.